Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The NFC North, the focus of today's Prospects and Props 2023 NFL Draft Recap. We did the AFC North yesterday. We moved to the NFC North today. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here with you. Jamie, four interesting draft classes to discuss. A bit of a wider open division that we've used to seeing in recent years. We've got the Lions. We've got the post Aaron Rodgers Packers. We have the division winners in the Minnesota Vikings. And we obviously have the Chicago Bears who are building around Justin Fields. So a lot of fun storylines that we can discuss here throughout the show today we'll jump right into it the Minnesota Vikings the winners of this division from a year ago 13 and 4 got them that crown of first place in the NFC North and this is the draft class that they were able to put together wide receiver out of USC Jordan Addison in the first round Makai Blackman corner out of USC in the third round Jay Ward safety from LSU in the fourth um, Jay Quellen Roy defensive tackle from LSU in the fifth Jaron Hall quarterback from BYU in the fifth and Dwayne McBride running back from UAB in the seventh Eh, it's kind of how I feel about this. Eh, um, I, I don't. Sometimes you have to separate the player from the need. And, and when I say this to say, I don't mind Jordan. Addison oh, no, no. This pick. is the one pick we can't be critical of. We can't. Mm-hmm. If we're critical of this pick, then the whole class falls apart. It falls apart I'm, very quickly. Well, hence my eh, nature to it. Um, the pick is fine in a vacuum. But if I thought I was going to address more immediate needs right away, I would have dipped into the corner class here a little bit sooner, especially knowing they didn't have a second round pick. Uh, So I'm fine with the Addison pick. Obviously, you needed another piece with Adam Thielen gone to put next to Justin Jefferson. But I really thought they had more pressing needs to address here. I know they addressed corner with the next pick of Makai Blackman, but Blackman might end up starting. For them this year and it's not because he was some crazy value at the very very end of the third round it's because they are so weak at the cornerback position so i again i i don't dislike the player i just feel like they should have gone with other needs here uh you know jay ward's a fine flyer jaquelin roy jaron hall like i i'm really underwhelmed by this draft class i know i've used that word a few times on these shows uh, I, I don't think the Vikings got considerably better. I don't think they addressed major needs in the way I would have addressed them. They didn't have a ton of picks, and they didn't have a ton of early picks, but uh, I'm just – this draft didn't do it for me. I, I felt like with such limited draft capital, you really needed to attack your defense first and foremost. And again, I don't dislike Jordan Addison, but I feel like they could have gone another way here that would have been a more impactful for their you know, next one to three or four years' worth of defense here. I just, to me, I would have sat back and I would have waited uh, until late on day two or early on day three to add to wide receiver talent or maybe dip back into the free agent pool before I spend a top 25 pick on Addison given all of the other needs that they have. It's not that they don't like Addison. It's not that I don't think he would be a good fit there. It's I think they have a lot of other needs on the other side of the ball that absolutely need to be addressed. Yeah, If they're going to be competitive. 
Jordan Addison is a fit. Jordan Addison fills a role. I mean, Adam Thielen is gone. They need a true wide receiver, too, after uh, Justin Jefferson. They need to start planning for what this offense is going to look like post-Kirk Cousins and giving uh, the new quarterback, Justin Jefferson, and potentially a high-end wide receiver, too, in Jordan Addison is a great first step, right? So I can understand it from that perspective, but they're still kind of giving it a go here in 2023 with this team the way it is currently constructed, and let's call a spade a spade, Jimmy. This team was 13-4, and but a lot of that that was good luck going their way. They got a lot of good breaks. They The comeback against the Indianapolis Colts, the way things went in that game against Buffalo, those are just two games off the top of my head that I can think that things completely broke their way uh, when you normally don't expect things to go a team's way in, in those situations. So some things broke their way. They were considered the purple cockroaches for a reason because they would not go away. They would win all of these games. Their defense was shaky. It was the point of concern. And yes, you add Makai Blackman to a corner room that is right now Andrew Booth Jr. and a Caleb Evans, which are both second-year players. And so it's a very young corner room. It's a corner room that I think has a lot of question marks. And you look up and down the rest of the defense, you know, Jamie, they add Byron Murphy in free agency. That's a nice addition, but I think Byron Murphy is, you know, not going to wow anybody with what he's able to do. I think he's a solid addition to the team. The other areas of their team, I think, are a little bit older, right? Specifically when in terms of getting after the quarterback. So I don't think they did a great job in that regard. So it's hard for me to really, you know, come to the table and say, I, I can completely disagree with you. I can get there with a couple of the picks, right? I think Addison makes sense from a long-term vision. I think Blackman is a nice addition to the corner room. I think what they did with their next three picks is is just mad to me. And Dwayne McBride, I think, is uh, if Dalvin Cook moves on, we slide Alexander Madison up to being the, the starter, and Dwayne McBride gives us a, an option in terms of being a backup. So, to me, there's not a whole lot to really write home about here. There's not a whole lot to get excited about. I kind of see what they were trying to do with their first two picks, but again, I don't think they necessarily did a fantastic job here. Yeah, and again, it is it is what it is. Um, and again, I don't want to criticize them too harshly for taking a player that I think is perfectly fine going at the 24th overall pick but I just don't know how I don't see how this defense is going to be competitive in a division where they need to be competitive and they should be competitive it's a topsy-turvy division where they're I mean I know everybody has already crowned the lines the, divi- the division champions I hate it by the way I hate it everybody's got a shot in this division I, I just I, I don't know going into the season with Andrew Booth with his injury history Caleb Evans and Byron Murphy as your top three corners scares me sorry uh- I think I think there's some tier breaks. I don't feel comfortable saying everybody's got a shot. There there are two teams that I would power rank a little bit below uh, a 50, oh, I don't, 50 I don't think shot. This, I don't think this is just a two-team division. I think it's a three-team division. Yes. And there's a clear four for me, and it's, it's going to make us unpopular because I know you and I agree on this. Yes. It makes us unpopular. We'll get to them in a second. We'll get to that team. We'll get to that team. Uh, Potentially the most divisive and controversial draft class in the 2023 NFL draft belongs to the Detroit Lions. Listen, Jamie, we're going to embark on a journey right here where we go through this, and I'm sorry. I'm going to come to the the defense of the Detroit Lions. I'm going to do it. So let me get through the class, and then I will go on the soapbox. In the first round, it's a pair of players. It's Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama. It's Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa. It's a pair of second-round picks. It's Sam Laporta, tight end from Iowa. It's Brian Branch, safety from Alabama. A pair of third-round picks. It's Hendon Hooker, quarterback from Tennessee. Broderick Martin, defensive tackle from Western Kentucky. In the fifth, it's Colby Sorsdahl, offensive tackle from William & Mary. And in the seventh round, it's Anton Green, wide receiver from North Carolina. I'm telling you right now, Jamie, I don't want to hear a single piece of slander for the Jameer Gibbs pick. Don't want to hear it. You added a very good football player to an offensive that needed some help, needed some extra juice, needed some innovation, and I trust Ben Johnson to get the most out of Jameer Gibbs. 
You got a great tight end in Sam Laporta in round two that you needed to fill that need after trading away TJ Hawkinson. I think Sam Laporta can be an instant contributor. You got help for your secondary in Brian Branch, who's a versatile player, can play corner, can play safety. I think it's going to be utilized very well. You took the perfect flyer on a potential long-term answer at quarterback at Hendon Hooker. You're not asking him to do anything right now except get healthy and learn under Jared Goff. And you took a couple of swings after that with your last three picks. You, you, you may want to say taking Jack Campbell and linebacker in the first round is a bad pick. I get it, but to me... You got one of the top two running back prospects with your first pick. You got one of the top two linebacker prospects with your second pick. And in the next three picks you took after that all filled areas of need long term. I'm sorry. I like what they did here with these first five picks. I don't mind this draft. Uh, I know a lot of people are upset with value and positional value. Positional value, Jamie. Positional value. How can you take a running back 12 overall? Well, a running back and an off-ball linebacker, both top 20, is is flies in the face of the, the new era of football. But... I look at their picks here and I go, they all fit really well with this team. Uh, you know, Jack Campbell is going to be a great fit in the middle of that defense uh, alongside Rodrigo. Uh, Sam Laporta can take over as the primary pass catching tight end in the offense right away. Jameer Gibbs starting is running back, starting running record. back for this team. No, he's not. I think he'll be the starting running back. I think Jameer Gibbs will be not the over David Montgomery. He won't be. How do we want to define pay this? David Mar- this might be a bet. They didn't pay David Montgomery all that money for him to not be the starting. This might be a bet. What do we want? To, how do we want to determine this? Well, how do we want to determine? This? I know that's why I'm asking. Do we want to determine it based I I, on? I, I want to make the bet with you. I just got to figure out what are we like snaps per game? Like what? What are we? I don't know. What? Well, what is? We'll we may think on. This we may have to workshop this, but this I feel very strongly about. Okay, we will workshop. Because again, what's going to help me is he's going to be on the field all over the place. So if you said both these guys are going to be on the field, a if lot. you do snaps per game, you might lose. So I want to be fair to you here. No, because I think it's very, I think it's very reasonable to say, if, like, okay, we'll figure this out. Because I also don't want to discount Jameer Gibbs as a pass catcher, so I don't want to hurt him when he's lined up. At, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want right. the spirit of this bet yes, to, to be to we'll be, work on this. Yeah. Uh, but I like I like what Jameer Gibbs brings to them. I think Brian Branch is a really savvy pick there that they trade up for in round two. Hendon Hooker falls into their lap at the top of round three as a potential long-term option for Jared Goff if they don't re-sign him, but they didn't spend enough draft capital on him that prevents them from moving up and grabbing a better quarterback at some point down the road if they feel like that's necessary. Uh, the only pick I really hated was Broderick Martin in the third. Uh, I, I thought high, he right? was a late – I thought he was a late day three guy. Yeah. Um, like sixth or seventh round type guy that took in the third. Uh, don't love that pick there. Sorostal's a nice flyer, uh, and I think he could end up playing guard for them sooner or no, rather than later. Antoine Green's a, a depth option. So I, I, I don't dislike this class. Uh, they didn't get – like this was not a class for value, obviously, and, and it's what's led to all this contention and consternation around their picks. But – I look at this team and and I see them getting four players that are going to make a major impact for them right away. I, I think a, a quality backup quarterback option, a quality backup guard option, and then a piece on the def- and then some depth pieces on the defensive line and the right receiver core. I, I don't dislike this draft at all. It's not going to nope. get an A for me, but I think it's more than enough uh, to be successful. Consider it a successful draft for Detroit because again, if you take away the pick numbers you just look at the players that they added 
they added some real studs at real at areas where they're going to help Detroit right away as they try to win this division this year. They added, and beyond. They, they I mean, added, it's they, their division for the taking. Mm-hmm. They added at least two starters and two players. Put Jameer Gibbs to the side for a second because we're debating whether or not he's a starter in 2023. Well, I, they added two major contributors. Major contributor. Right. I think well, I think same thing with Brian Branch. Oh. I think Brian Branch and Jameer Gibbs are both major contributors. Yeah, and I think four major contributors. Laporta and Laporta and Campbell are starters. Right. So you added four yeah. players that are going to immediately help your team at positions of need. I'm sorry. I'm not, yeah. I'm I'm really not going to get upset about that. I'm not. They did very well here. Is it going to be the top class for me in this division? No, it's not. I'll tell you that right now. Spoiler alert: It's not. But is it a good draft class in this division? Yes. Did it help them close the gap? Yes. Not to do the show ahead of the show here, but I think it checks those boxes for me. And I'm sorry. I understand the positional value conversation, but the, the, at, at the end of the day, Jamie, what do we say over here? Draft good players. Jameer yep. Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is a good player. Sam yeah. Laporte is a good player. Brian Branch is a good player. Jack Campbell is a good player. They get drafted good I, players. I, I, and I think the thing of note with, with Jameer Gibbs, too, when you talk about taking a running back here, is when you take a young running back high, you better be a contender because odds are you're not going to hand out a second contract or that second contract is going to be a one like that's going to have like a two-year poison pill in well, it. Well, guess what? In that so window, need, in this four- to five-year window, the plan is for them to compete. So that works. But that's what I'm saying, that, that you have to be a team that's ready to compete because you don't want to blow through – and again, that's I guess that that would be the argument that some are making with Atlanta, that are you going to blow through half a rookie contract before you become competitive? Okay, but in Detroit's case, I'll ask you this question, Jamie, this philosophical question. If the Detroit Lions don't maximize this window that they're currently in, if they don't maximize the window of, let's say, Jameer Gibbs' four, potentially five uh, with the fifth-year option, yeah. years on his, on his rookie deal, right? If they don't maximize that window, is it because they took Jameer Gibbs 12th overall? Or did something else go seriously wrong here? Like, I don't know, picking your long-term future at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this error will be defined by the quarterback. Decision. It's not defined whether, by Jameer Gibbs. And, and it's whether or not that sticking with golf as long as they have is going to work out. Slash when they make the quarterback move. Do they pick because the right guy? Shot. Right. Yeah, because they've had a shot two years in a row to take quarterback. They've chosen not to, aside from Hendon Hooker. And I don't necessarily think that's the wrong decision per se, but their ability to compete now in a division that is considerably worse than it was two years ago, was worse than it was last year, and has no franchise, long-term franchise quarterback in it yet. Sorry, Justin Fields is close, but he has to do this. He has to do more for me to call him a long-term franchise quarterback. It's a good take. And I know that I know that take. will get us in trouble with yeah, it's certain a good take, people. Though. But uh, I'm not ready to call – again, I'm not saying I don't like Justin Fields. I like him a lot. Uh, I just don't think – I'm. I think it's a little premature to call him a long-term franchise quarterback. This division doesn't have one. So this is your opportunity for over these next few years for Detroit to really dominate this division. And they had the talent to do so. Now they just got to do it. The Green Bay Packers, who moved on from what was their long-term answer at quarterback for a decade plus, they moved on to what they hope is their next long-term answer at quarterback in Jordan Love. Sean and they, Clifford. And they surrounded him with 48,000 picks because that's how many picks no, the Green only, Bay Only how many? 13. Only 13. Only 13 selections here. So uh, get a drink, grab your water, your tea, your coffee, whatever you got here. Maybe you want to take a nap here. This might be the time for you to do that. Oh, that's a very nice That's a very nice cup. What kind of cup is that, Jamie? Is that a Stanley? Do you have a Stanley? No, it's something nah, called it like Arctic Zone. I don't know. I've had it for a while. So I got my Stanley here. Keeps everything. That was before the nice. Stanleys uh, went nuts on TikTok and everybody bought one. Yeah. 
Me, me right here. I got my Stanley. Um, all right, 13 picks here. Lucas Van Ness, defensive end from Iowa in round one. Luke Musgrave, Oregon State tight end in round two. Jaden Reed, Michigan State wide receiver in round three. Tuck, or in round two. Tucker Kraft, South Dakota State tight end in round three. Colby Wooden, defensive tackle from Auburn in round four. Sean Clifford and Dontavian Wicks in round five. A pair of six-round picks. Carl Brooks, defensive end from Bowling Green. Andres Carlson, kicker from Auburn in round six. Four seventh-round picks. Carrington Valentine, corner from Kentucky. Lou Nichols, the third running back from Central. Michigan, Anthony Johnson Jr., Iowa State safety, and Charlotte wide receiver Grant DuBose. Jamie, pass catchers, pass catchers, and more pass catchers. The theme for the Green Bay Packers in this draft class. They are going to give Jordan Love all the help he can get. I like what they did here. Yeah, they drafted five pass catchers. By the way, did you notice they drafted a Lucas, a Luke, and a Lou? I noticed that they drafted a Lucas and a Lou. A Lucas and a Luke. I did not see that they drafted a Lou until just this moment, but yeah. Yeah, Lou Nichols. Uh, here's the thing. So, by the way, this, this is very emblematic of the amount of teams that don't, didn't want to trade picks from next year more often than not. Uh, because you rarely see teams make this many picks. Because it's really hard to, to find roles for 13 rookies on your team. Um, but I like what they did. Like you said, Lucas Van Ness, is, it fits every mold of a Green Bay Packers pass rusher. He's a little bit, he's a little bit more raw, but I'm excited to see what he's able to do uh, in Green Bay. And for pass catchers, Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Tucker Kraft, uh, Grant DuBose, Dontavian Wicks are all worthy flyers. They're different types of players. They're all going to get the opportunity to rebuild this pass catching room. And uh, they've needed help at tight end for a while, uh, and especially with the the – Robert Tunyon being gone, being able to add Musgrave, who some had as their tight end one. I believe you were one of them uh, in the class. Tucker Kraft, who was a really interesting, intriguing option from South Dakota State now that he's healthy. So you start to rebuild that room. You add to – really, you've got Christian Watson locked in. But I think everything else is up for grabs. And I think Romeo Dobbs is going to compete with the likes of Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks and Grant Dubose and some others in that Green Bay room to kind of see who can mesh in and who falls in behind Christian Watson. Kobe Wood, I thought, was a really shrewd defensive line pick there in the fourth round that I liked. Uh, Carl Brooks is a worthwhile flyer. And then you obviously you're taking flyers to other points in the draft. The only thing I hated earlier was Sean Clifford. Like, I just don't don't know what the – not that they took a quarterback. Backup QB, took quarterback in the fifth. Backup QB, Sean Clifford. Dude, I, it, eh. I, it, the, bro, the broadcast and apparently everybody on Twitter made a big deal out of this, but I truly think that this happened. Like, I think people saw Brock Purdy be successful in San Francisco and they were like, all right, we'll just take a swing. We'll just grab a guy if we need a guy. Like, I just think teams decided to do that. And whether or not you agree with that philosophy, I don't particularly agree with that philosophy. But clearly, that because it wasn't just Green Bay, dude. We, how many quarterbacks ended up going? We set a record. Lunch. We set a record yeah, for the most like, quarterbacks taken. So clearly uh, something impacted. And this is not a deep draft class in terms of QBs. 14. 14 QBs came off the board. And, Jamie, this was not a deep QB class. So this was people wanting to just get a guy in the building. They said, you know what? We're not going to wait until un, you know undrafted free agents. We're just going to use a draft pick on you. That's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. I just here, Here's my issue. It, it's I'm not more defending so it. Like- I'm not defending it. I'm just trying to explain what I think happened here. No, no, no. I, I just I don't think – I don't have an issue with them taking a quarterback. I just think I would have ta- – I mean, I would have taken the two quarterbacks after him. For, I would have taken Jaron Hall. I would have taken Tanner McKee. I would have taken a shot on Tyson Bajan. Before who Sean Clifford. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with that. I, it's not that – I don't dislike this because, look, they don't have a viable backup with all due respect to Danny Etling. Like, they don't have – so I, I have no issue at all with them getting it. By the way, I know they got sniped about nine picks earlier in the round, but uh, I thought – Clayton Toon and DTR would have been great fits there. Obviously, they were picked 10 and 9 spots before him, and it is what it is. But um, I, I just thought, like, eh, 
I, that's not the quarterback I would have taken, but I understand why they did it. And I guess you talk, you talk about a guy with some college experience and, uh, you know, in that Brock Purdy type mold. But overall, though, I thought it was a really solid draft. They needed to rebuild their offensive weapons and they they attacked it with volume while still getting a, a pass rusher with a ton of upside with their first pick. So uh, I, I could not complain about this draft whatsoever. Uh, I know there's a lot of volume here, and I imagine a lot of those seventh round, sixth and seventh round picks won't actually be on the team uh, when it's all said and done. But I like what they did here because they they attacked a couple areas that they really needed, and they did it with volume, and they did it with good players, and they did it with different types of players. And, and I, I really excited to kind of see how this pass catching room kind of molds itself through rookie camp, through mini camp, training camp, preseason, and kind of get a better idea of what these this group of weapons can possibly turn into for Green Bay down the road because it's not just for Jordan Love this year. It's for whomever is their quarterback long-term. Like, they're not committed to, to Jordan Love beyond next season. So, I guess, not this coming season included, but next season after that. Mm-hmm. I would like to see how this young, it's an extremely young room, how they kind of mold and who, who is head and shoulders above the rest. And we saw late-round guy last year because Christian Watson had the hamstring. So it was Romeo Dobbs that had that really awesome training camp that propelled him into a starting role. It's very possible one of those guys, whether it's Dontavian Wicks or Grant DuBose, could can assert themselves early in the season in the, or in the preseason to allow themselves to have that role for Green Bay next year. So I'm excited to see how this plays out. Uh, I think outside of Christian Watson, I think that's the guarantee. I think there's a true competition for the wide receiver two on this team. And I think there's a true debate, competition, to be the wide receiver three and four. I think you have Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, Grant DuBose, Samari Torre that are battling out for those two starter spots, in my in my personal opinion. I look at this, and I think that those guys are going to be battling it out. Um, so, I, you know, Jaden Reed probably lines up more in the slot, right? I think that's probably where he's going to fit best. Um, but I, I think those other guys are going to are going to – it's not like Dobbs lit the world on fire last year. Like the only person, well, no, and, he dro- and he dropped a lot of passes. And so like, I think the o- the only person I think say is a lock guaranteed. This guy, you just put him out there on that side, not a big deal. Is the guy wearing number nine for the Green Bay Packers, Christian Watson? I had to make yep. sure he was number nine before I made a fool of myself. That, uh, that would have been fun. That's it. Like th- other than that, I think this is a true open competition. That's good. They they took a couple of swings, and oh by the way, I think Luke Musgrave might be one of the top pass catching options in this offense next year too. So. Well, and, th- and that's the thing. Will the tight end be used a little bit more? I think Aaron so. Rodgers did, did not consistently outside of the red zone. And obviously we know we had that Robert Tunyon had that crazy double-digit year a couple of years ago with touchdowns. But it wasn't a heavy focus of the offense. It'd, it'd be interesting to see if it is now going forward, especially with an athletic talent like Luke Musgrave. Chicago Bears, 3-14, and 14, fourth in the NFC North. They also had a, a healthy amount of picks. Not as many as Green Bay, but they had a healthy amount of picks. We'll go through them here. Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee in the first. A pair of second-round picks. Gervon Dexter, defensive tackle from Florida, Tyreek Stevenson, corner from Miami, Zach Pickens, defensive tackle from South Carolina, Roshan Johnson, Tyler Scott, pair of offensive players in round four, Noah Sewell, linebacker from Oregon in round five, Terrell Smith, corner from Minnesota in round five, and a pair of seventh round picks, Travis Bell, D-tackle from Kennesaw State, and Kendall Williamson, corner from Stanford in the seventh round. Jamie, I don't like this class really at all. There's a lot of this I don't like. I didn't like the vision. I didn't like the doubling down on certain positions. Uh, the complete just uh, ignoring of the edge and only focusing on the interior of your of your defense. Jamie, I said it to you multiple times. I'll say it here for the podcast listeners. It really feels like Matt Eberflus wants to win every game 16-9 to and run the ball for 250 yards. That feels like the identity of this football team. Yeah, uh, I'm not in love with this class either. Um, 
And, you know, I, I like the Darnell Wright pick. And you and I know we've talked, we talked on our podcast earlier about how I felt that that was mm-hmm. pretty much a lock. Uh, and, and it, you know, they move back one spot and they still get him. I am curious, and I'm actually going to have Jack McKessie, the draft network. He's going to write about this later this week. So please keep an eye out that for Cheap plug. Cheap plug. But the Bears, you know, we talked about like the Lions kind of zigging while others zagged when it came to positional value in this particular draft. Yeah. The, the Bears are doing this when it comes to building their defense. And, and they're investing a lot of actual capital and a lot of draft capital in the interior defensive line and in the linebacking core in an era where both of those positions are a little bit more devalued than edge rusher corner, et cetera. And, you know, you, you talk about them spending big on uh, Edwards and Edmonds in free agency at the linebacker spot. You come in here and you spend two top 65 picks on interior defensive linemen in Gervin Dexter and Zach Pickens. Uh, you, I thought, took a little bit of a reach for cornerback Tyreek Stevenson at the end of the second. A little bit of a reach, not a heavy reach, but a little bit of one who I don't love there. And, and I just, I, I'm not sure I love it. I like uh, Roshan Johnson. I think is appropriate. I know you don't love that pick. I like it. I'm fine with them mixing him in in the running back spot. Tyler Scott was their one steal. I, oh, I thought it was my round. favorite pick. It's my favorite pick that they did. Yeah, getting him at the end of round four is oh, an it's, absolute yeah, it's great. steal. It's and fantastic. I, and I'm really excited to see him. He could potentially emerge as the, you know, he's it, right away as a wide receiver four there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how he mixes in. You know, Noah Sewell, I just don't think he's very good, but it's an, another off-ball linebacker. Where is he going to play? Your, your draft, after spending a ton of money there, you're drafting a, a low upside guy that's going to be a backup for you. Terrell Smith is speedy, and I think that's about it. Uh, I, I just I really don't like what they did here. I, I see maybe two starters, but it really one starter uh, on this so far. And I just feel like again, they're they're doubling and tripling up both in free agency and in this draft on certain positions, and they're not even the key positions on the field right now. I mean, congratulations, you got a you got a really stout interior and you got a great linebacking core, but I'm not sure that's going to translate into a ton of wins for you, Jamie. I'm going to ask you to do something. Because I have it up, yeah. I'm going to make you look at it. Can you look up the Chicago Bears depth chart? Look at look at look at this pass rush rotation that we have going in in Chicago right now. It's going to be like Travis Gibson. And- yep, Travis Gibson, Demarcus Walker, okay. Rasheem Green, and Dominique Robinson. We're, it's not great. We got to get after quarterbacks in today's NFL with that group. Yet we could we use multiple day two picks on was it multi, it was multiple day two picks correct? Yeah, we use multiple day two picks on the interior mm-hmm. of our defensive line now. I love the Darnell Wright pick, but Jamie, it's not like this offensive line is stout across the board. We couldn't use another pick there either. We couldn't we couldn't get better in that regard. We couldn't add some depth to the left side of the line. Yeah. Also, it's kind of funny that like if they were going to invest this heavily in defensive tackles, they should have just stayed at nine and took Jalen Carter, right? Like if you're going to invest right. Right. Uh, in, in all these, just stay just, at nine. Just get but one I, guy I that, instead of taking two guys, get one guy who is better than both of those guys. Yeah, I mean, I know they love Darnell Wright, and it felt like they were going to make that the pick. And and again, it, it, you know, you add Nate Davis is again uh, is it just a guy? Uh, but I I don't know, man. Like I I mean, I'm looking at this defense, and, I, and I'm I, I, I actually don't I lied because I guess Tyreek Stevenson might be a starter for them because I forgot that they let some of these pieces move on, like Michael Ojemudier, uh, Kendall Vindor. Yeah, well, I mean, look Jaylen at this. Jones. Look at the secondary. Other than Brisker and Eddie Jackson, like uh, this is this is. A I like Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon as a nickel, I think, is is a worthwhile spot. But okay. you, but as your other outside corner is is like again, love your linebacking core, 
really fun, but like, who's 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 touching the quarterback? We're not getting after the quarterback. We're not getting after the quarterback, and I don't know if we have fully done enough to protect our own quarterback. Guy got sacked the most times out of anybody in the National Football League last year, and the only thing we did really truly was use the top ten pick on Darnell Wright. Again, Nate Davis is whatever to me. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a guy. Tevin Jenkins. I don't know what I, I don't know what he is long term. He was fine at guard last year. He was perfectly fine. And and so, but again, like it's not, it's not a good okay offense, okay Jamie it's not Jamie anymore. he was perfectly fine, and we and our quarterback got sacked the most times. And we haven't addressed that side of the ball. So, I, I, I don't know. Again, I like the Tyler Scott pick. The Darnell Wright pick makes some sense. There's stuff about this that I can I can get around. You know how I feel about the Roshan Johnson pick. I just I can't get there with that. Um, 16-9. Every game for the Bears. 16-9, 250, uh, 250 rushing yards. That's what they want to do. That's how they want to play football. I, I just don't think it's – they can want to do that all they want. I just don't think it's going to happen. Because then they're going to get behind, and they're going to have to throw, and I'm not still sold on Justin Fields as a guy who can throw the ball 35 times a game right now. I'm just not there yet. I know that's a hot take. I know everybody's on the Justin Fields bandwagon because he was running around making yeah. plays all over the place, but I'm not sold on him as a passer yet. And I don't know if, you know, I like DJ Moore a lot. It's a great it's a great help for for Justin. But yes. Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, Tyler Scott, that's the group that's going to have to do a lot of the heavy lifting because teams are going to focus. Because here was what I would do. If I'm a defensive coordinator, DJ Moore, I'm going to take you out of the game here. going to just absolutely put you on an island, and I'm going to try to figure the rest of this out. Good luck. I am. Not, I have been told I'm not legally allowed to say anything negative about Justin Fields, so I will. Legal, legally, you're legally not allowed. Yeah, legally about no, no. I just it. it I, anything, I talking, anything I say there, anything I say there, out of turn. No, I hate talking bad about players I like, but when the hype gets what? out of control, like I felt like I spent all of last year defending Justin Fields is potential. Yes. And I feel like now I have to spend all of this offseason walking people back from outrageous claims that there's no reason that we can claim them yet. It's, it's such a weird dynamic. And it, it, the same thing happened the opposite way with Mac Jones, where I felt like I had to talk down Mac Jones. People had unrealistic expectations for him after his rookie season. And now the hate has gone so far the yeah. other way. Oh, well, yeah. I'm now defending him. Yep. It's this weird spot that I've gotten into. I like Justin Fields, but – I'm seeing him on top 10 quarterback. I saw him at number one quarterback in the NFC or number two quarterback in the NFC or whatever. Well, like absurd. I'm guys, sorry. It's just absurd. It, 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 that, it hasn't happened on the field yet. I'm sorry. And again, nobody loves fantasy football more than I do. Fantasy production is not real life production. It is very different. And right now, there's still a lot of questions Justin Field has to answer as a quarterback. I think he can. I love his potential. I love yes. his potential since the second he come out. Agreed. But people are also treating him as if it's a done deal finished product. And it's like, no, no, no. It's not that yet. Call me in a year. We have to rank these draft classes. I think everybody knows how I feel about the Bears draft class and where that's going to finish. So yep. do you want to do this? Do you want to go one through four and see if we match? Because I have it written down for yep. me. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to go Packers one. That's what I have. Lions two. That's what I have. Bears three. Oh no no no! And sir. Vikings four. No Vikings three. Bears four for me. I really don't like what the Bears did. I really. Don't. I don't like it either. But I, I think I think there's a tier break after the Packers for me because I, I. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. No, I know you like Jordan Addison, but I don't like I do. that class for Minnesota at all. I like Jordan I really Addison quite don't. a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now the question we can close the show with: Did anybody close the gap on Minnesota? Well, the question is, is 
Why is Minnesota the one you were closing the gap on? That's a fantastic counter question, Jamie, because I think 13 and four is completely unrealistic for this team so, this season. So in that case, yes, I, yeah. I, I do. I do think teams. I think Detroit did. Gap on I think Detroit closed the gap on them. I, I think Green Bay did a little bit too. I don't think they're going to win the division. But I, know, I think Green but we Bay went, got better than. We but Green Bay's Ro- a better team. We went from Rodgers to Jordan Love. I, so it's tough. I can't get there. No, no, just no, no, yet. no. Okay, okay. Depends on when, when are we starting the close the gap question. Are, because I've been assuming this entire offseason that Rodgers is gone. So in my mind, it's what the Green Bay Packers were going into the draft without Rodgers versus what they were coming out of the draft. If Does that make okay, sense? Okay, that's fair. They're worse than they were last year. Clearly. Well, then then uh, it's tough then. But, but I, so, I understand. also a lot worse than they were last right, year. Right, which is why I said yes to have teams close the gap. I believe teams have closed the gap. Sure, I think Minnesota, I, I think Detroit closed the gap. On Minnesota, um, D- D- Detroit should be the favorite in this division. It just scares the hell out of me that everybody's already anointed them the kings of the north. Hashtag just, our yeah. lions, and now it's everybody's lions. Hashtag everybody's lions. Scares me. Yeah, I know. I don't it love really it. Does I really don't like? I, it. I don't have a logical reason why they shouldn't be the favorites. No, I just I'm just telling you, like history scares me because usually when everybody gets behind one team that has that hasn't been known for doing anything, and they all of a sudden become the darling team, usually something weird happens, and it just it scares me. But the Lions should be the rightful favorites in, in, in this. And I, I, be quite honest with you, I don't see another playoff team in this division. There might be one because the NFC is so weak, but I really don't see another playoff team in this division. I don't see anybody else getting to nine. I really don't. Uh, that's a wrap on the NFC. I North. feel like I'm, do you remember? I guess there's no way you remember what I picked for Minnesota win total because I feel like I like them less now coming out of the draft than I did before. Stand by. Do you know what I put, what I ended up? Yeah, see, because I, I, I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I want to be, I want to acknowledge that I might have said something differently a few weeks ago before the draft, anticipating them adding more pieces that I thought were going to be impactful right away. Well, I have in my notes here, written down, okay. that we had the, we had, and I'll show it to the lovely YouTube audience here. Minnesota, we had, we was eight and a half, and we gave it the, we gave it the little push line. So we were like, so that means I probably had we, eight. We, we were like anywhere from eight to like 10. Like we were right in there would be my guess. Well, I definitely don't see 10 anymore. Uh, I would probably said eight if I said push it eight to nine. And like I said, I don't think they get nine. So, yeah, okay, that's about right. Okay, so if I, I knocked him down from an eight or nine win team to a seven or eight win team after the draft, that, okay, I just wanted to make sure I okay, wasn't handy there. I was being consistent with the words that I say on the show. Uh, NFC North in the books. We've got two more of these, the South divisions. We will start with the AFC South and the NFC South. And Jamie, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I was thinking for the Friday show. Because we're going to record it right around the time the schedule gets released. We can maybe do something with the schedule release for our Friday show. Maybe, perhaps. Let's see. Maybe we can. Well, well let's talk because we might have. We're just going to. Like, you're going to get a little bit behind, behind the scenes sure. here. We don't know if there's going to be some sort of TDN related schedule release. We, you know, I was thinking about doing something, but we have Maybe you and yet. I. Oh, it's true. If there isn't one, you and I can just do one live oh, it's true. on Thursday night. And then for those that aren't able to join us live, Boom, you'll be able to hear our on reactions Friday. on Friday. Okay. So we, we will figure it out. You, there will be some sort of reaction. You either get it from Chris and I or get it from TDN in general, but there will be some sort of schedule release reaction uh, available to you Thursday night into Friday. Perfect. Perfect. That sounds like a plan. So appreciate everybody making the show a part of their day. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Schubert underscore. You can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Eisner. We've got two more of these draft classes. We've got the schedule released this week, and then the summer keeps on rolling. Everybody, have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.